Hi guys, welcome to the Inner Power Podcast, Ange here and today I'm gonna be interviewing Tanya Sperling, a very special guest. She's by trade a life coach, hypnotherapist and now officially also Psych-K facilitator. Like most of the coaches and healers, this is not how the journey started for her. In fact, she was, like most of us, jack of all trades, looking for what really resonates with her on a, on a soul level. And imagine this, she was managing an aircraft uh, in the airport, then she, uh, she did manage um, one of the hotels, prestigious hotels uh, in London, and then eventually it became clear to her that she should be doing something. Uh, different and ever since she's been working professionally as a as a life coach, hypnotherapist and psychic facilitator, supporting people on their journey to become better version of themselves physically, mentally and emotionally. So what we're gonna be talking about today? Today we've got a very interesting topic because you know all of those holistic approaches that we talk about, we promote, um, we strongly believe uh, they help and they really do but sometimes people need this strong proof as if they are looking for proof in the pudding and today as I mentioned Tanya really been working professionally as a, as a holistic practitioner offering people the guidance in that field she also had her own personal experience a life-threatening experience where all of the knowledge she has, the holistic knowledge she has, helped her not only to heal faster, but even to enjoy the journey. Her partner was going through um, cancer, he had a cancer, she supported him um, on his journey and then <laughs> turned out that Tanya also was diagnosed with cancer and all of the knowledge she gathered up till that point she've utilized uh, on her journey to recover from the cancer as she said she received the message from the cancer and um, everything what she learned she implemented to heal and she was healing remarkably well so instead of me chatting about her story let her just tell you this story herself and let me invite you to watch this empowering episode the journey to holistic empowerment through cancer with Tanya Sperling. Let's see you there. Hi Tanya, I am so excited to have you here with me today and I'm not gonna lie, I've been waiting for this interview for quite a bit and a bit. Do you remember we were actually planning to record it you know, quite some time ago yeah. but I think you know everything happens as it meant to happen and today is a perfect day for us to to record and have this beautiful interaction as we planned so your remarkable story I was reading your story reading your bio and I was like oh my gosh this is such a stretch so I would like to know tell me what inspired you for this transition from managing from aircraft and then being a hotel manager to life coaching and hypnotherapy yeah I know that's quite a jump and um, really um, I think it actually started much earlier already because Ever since I was a child, I've had this experience that um, I was I was an only child, I have to say. So my parents would take me with them to their parties and I was always surrounded by adults. And even when I was young, adults would talk to me and they would listen when I had, when I responded to them. And I always found that a very strange experience, to be honest, that I was taken seriously by adults when they were talking like about their problems and stuff. But that's been something that's been with me almost all my life, this kind of like that I'm a good listener, I like to listen. And in my childhood, I always had this idea, I'd love to bring light into this planet. And I always had this, this picture that I was holding a candle in a dark room because my life sometimes could also feel like sitting in a dark room and one candle already kind of gives you light. And then I always thought if I could give someone else a candle and light their candle, then we'd have twice as much light. And um, that's kind of something that's been in me all my life. And so even though I kind of started with the normal thing, do an apprenticeship, study economics and do all that, um, I was always interested in religion. So I went to the priest seminary because I thought that's how I can help people. Because it was my thing 
I thought there were too many people out there who have nobody who listens to them. And so when I went to the priest seminary, it was this, in German, we call it like the shepherd's kind of part of the priesthood, this kind of being there for your community and listen to the people who are already coming to a place where they're looking for answers potentially. Mm. That was uh, why I went to the priest seminary. Again, obviously I left that, but even though then when I left the seminary and I came to London and I started my hospitality career, uh, I worked as a night manager. And again, I was kind of uh, meeting people in a different part of their life because when you're, when you're awake at night and you're talking to someone, it's different than if you do it in your day consciousness to a degree. And again, I found myself listening, not only to uh, guests, but also listening to my colleagues and they would ask me for advice or would come to me with their problems. And so sooner or later, basically one of my colleagues was the one who also said, listen, Tanya, you are wasted here. You need to go out and help people. And um, yeah, because priesthood wasn't my thing, I kind of realized in the work environment that coaching was a thing that was up and coming. Mm -hmm. And I had actually checked in one guest who had really such a stressful situation. It was to do with his credit card and his business stuff. And I would just have exploded if I'd been in his position. And he was so calm and he was so friendly and so nice. And in between the phone calls that he had to do to resolve his problems, we were talking and he was telling me that he is a coach and that these are all things that one can learn, how to deal with these situations, how to deal with um, the outside world and not let it affect oneself. And I was very impressed by that. Um, I remember, because I thought, my goodness, I would just explode, I would be so angry and he wasn't. And that was the first um, kind of real shift where I thought, well, maybe I can do this coaching thing as well. Maybe I can learn that. And from then on, the rest just developed because yes, that was a very good start to get into um, what I do now because coaching really helps to um, develop those listening skills to not just have my natural kind of listening skills, I would say, but then you learn how to listen on different levels and how to listen between the lines. And I think through the years, I've also learned to sharpen my intuition to actually just hear things that are not being said, but I just get you know, get the message in a sense. It is amazing how uh, during that process, when you're developing your skills like that, you can hear things people don't say out loud. Mm -hmm. And no, it's true. Intuition is such a fant fantastic thing, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And I've learned to trust it because in the past, I was always like, oh, don't know if that's the right thing or so. But by now, I also, I, I, usually I ask my clients, is it okay if I share something that, you know, just came to me? And usually they will say, well, you fit it exactly on the spot. And the more that happens, obviously, the more I then have learned to trust my intuition to just go with it and just know it's okay to go with that, with that source of information, so to speak, because it is really, really valuable. It it's, is it's a divine source of information to me. You know what? The thing is, see, once you learn that skill and you stop doubting your inner voice, what it's telling you, the piece of information, those insights you're getting can be such a beautiful addition to the coaching and I do strongly believe that you know sharpening this skill can make coaching so much easier and so much more powerful but now I have a question because obviously uh, you did um, managing people as a profession and then you transitioned uh, to hypnotherapy to life coaching did you have a time um where those two professions were overlapping or did you jump from one to another <laughs> question so i did have a time so i started the coaching training in 2015 and then i started i trained to become a hypnotherapist in 2016 and that was all happening while i was working full-time as a night manager and um i then i mean i started practicing as a hypnotherapist also in 2017 and all all of 2017, I had a full year of having both things parallel. So I had, I was working full-time in my night manager job. So that was usually four nights working as a night manager. And then three nights I was off. And during those three days, um, I saw clients. So in that first year, I saw 100 clients. And I got a lot of um, experience and I learned a lot in that year. Um, and then obviously, I, the, the idea was always to, trans to transition, to kind of um, get less and less work as a night manager and do more and more work as a hypnotherapist and coach. Um, but that plan was kind of kicked out of the window by life as it happens, because then first my partner got cancer and then I had obviously put all my attention on him on um, and making sure that we used all the things that we had available to support his healing journey. And then I didn't have any clients in, at that time, just my normal night manager job and uh, looking after him. What do you think, I mean, obviously your partner 
your partner didn't do your job. Um, but you mentioned that you also went through the, the same journey yourself. Right. Was that at the same time or was it like? No. So my partner had cancer. He was diagnosed in May 2018. And okay. his journey kind of, he had uh, chemotherapy. And then he had his operation in December 2018, at the end of 2018. And so, and that was a super interesting journey for me because um, obviously I've always wanted to help people, but being the carer for somebody opens a completely new vision on the whole situation rather than just always looking from the outside. My father had been very ill before he died. He had an autoimmune disease and stuff, but because I didn't have a good relationship with him, I was completely detached from his journey in a way. So this was the first opportunity for me to learn what it is to be living with an illness, with a disease that is like really threatening sometimes. Um, and his journey, like I said, finished in 2018 with the operation. And then he came out of hospital. And then it was February, March 2019, when I was at work as well. And I was kind of just doing some um, exercise. And I'm going to share this here because this can be valuable for anybody, any woman who's watching. Because I was, you know, I was night manager. I had stayed during the day and because I had to attend the training. And I was standing in front of the mirror, you know, doing this. Oh, let's see if I still have some muscles and stuff, you know. And you know, when you, when you ten, tense your muscles, your breasts come up, you know, with the, with the muscle. Yeah. And... Um, they did this and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then I thought, this is weird because on the right-hand side, the breast would come up, but there was a dimple that stayed. So, you know, like an indentation in the breast as I tense the muscle. And I thought, that's a bit weird because that wasn't there before. And uh, I didn't feel anything because obviously, you know how you check yourself always, but I couldn't feel anything. And, uh, but still I thought, and only because my partner had just had cancer, I thought, well, who knows? Let's just kind of make an appointment and see what it is because they're not the same. And this is kind of strange. And it turned, as it turned out, it was breast cancer that I had exactly. Yeah. And it was, it was lucky in a sense that I um, discovered it so early because normally I would have completely ignored this kind of dimple because I would have just thought, mm, just, you know, lumpy. And the first thing that the doctor said to me, because next day I got an appointment to see my GP immediately. And her first comment was, oh, you've got very lumpy breasts. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I know. Great. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, great. But can you tell me more? And yeah, she sent me straight to the breast cancer unit then, obviously. Um, but it's just so important to notice these things. And I, I like to share how I found out that I had breast cancer, because, you know, these are things that we can easily do. Checking our breasts is something that we should really regularly do. And to me, these days, I would just take anything that's not like it used to be as a sign to go and see a doctor and just have it checked out. Because the earlier you can detect it, the more can be done. You know, the, the better the chances are of it being treated. Hmm. so obviously so, i understand you're clear now right it is all oh, yes as far as i know absolutely yes so <laughs> you can't really know but uh i did have uh, the mastectomy with reconstruction and then i had six months of chemotherapy and then i had a radiation as well and then they took out the lymph nodes which is basically the only thing that how they can check because initially there were there was cancer in the lymph nodes and when they took them out there wasn't any cancer left in, uh, there anymore so that is the best indication that yeah it's all clear but well, this is very, uh, very good news for a start. You know, I'm really, really happy to hear that, that you are on the safe side. Uh, I'm curious um, how all of this knowledge you've gained through studying life coaching, hypnotherapy, how did that help you in the process of helping your partner to support him during his journey with cancer and then your own? Did you find okay. that it was really beneficial how did you how did you combine um, modern medicine with the holistic approach to healing, and mm -hmm. was that um, the best combination you could ever find in your opinion, or do you think with just normal traditional traditional medicine you would get as good results as you got? Good question. Uh, the answer is going to be a bit longer. <laughs> That's okay <laughs> because you know my partner and I are very different people. So my partner doesn't believe in anything holistic. And me, I was the person who would have said, you know, please don't take any chemo because that's that's poison and you mustn't take that. And so that's a huge part of my learning journey, because when he was first diagnosed, um, I noticed how important it is to accept the fear in the other person. That's something that I never I was never ill before. And so to see what um, impact the diagnosis can have a person for a start is really um, important 
And it was so important also to validate and to kind of acknowledge and to let him know, yes, I get you. And because what he used to ask me always was, I'm going to be okay, am I? And I said, yes, darling, you will be okay. Don't worry, you will be okay. And just this little conversation that we had several times during the week always, um, I could just feel what a huge impact that had on him because he knew, I believed he was going to be okay and it helped him to believe that he was going to be okay. Yeah. So in a way, that was almost the, the most important holistic part. People would say that's not holistic. That's just something you know that you would do. But it has an impact. Subconsciously, that has an impact or it had an impact on him um, because he just needed that reassurance that someone else also believed what he was wanted to achieve. And um, so I tried, I offered him many other modalities at the time. Obviously, I offered him hypnosis, which he didn't want. I said somebody else, one of my friends could do it. No, he didn't want that. And um, I found something that's called EFT. Dawson Church offers EFT. And he has like a set of seven short EFT tapping meditations. And I offered him the one where it's about re uh, regenerating my uh, DNA in a healthy environment. And I gave him that meditation and I said, listen, darling, just why don't you listen to this? This is just 15 minutes and he's going to give you instructions and you, you know, touch yourself in different points. And at the end of the meditation, you can just tap on your stomach because his uh, cancer was located in his stomach and just tap on your stomach. And then you can think to yourself, you know, um, we called him um, Mr. Um, C, you can go now. So. <laughs> I got the message because I told him everything that happens to us is a message. And usually with cancer and with stomach. And so we identified around him that it had to do with stress and all that, that he needed to be, you know, relaxing more. And so I said to him, just doing that meditation, tap on your stomach and just say, you know, thank you, Mr. C, you can go now. <laughs> and uh, he did that. And he did that religiously every, every day, every morning, he would listen to that. And he would tell other people about it. And he really truly believed that, um, you know, Mr. C, I got the message, you can go now. And in his journey, it was really interesting because it was, it would, um, the CT scans would show how his tumor was shrinking. Wow. And in fact, and he, I mean, he did, I, I organized other healing modalities from other friends that can do distance healing and stuff. And in his case, we actually have evidence that his tumor was completely disappeared by the time that they did the operation. I mean, other things didn't go the way we would have wanted, but that's how it is. Um, they did a CT scan and there wasn't any tumor to be seen anymore. And actually, um, later on, the histology showed that they couldn't find any cancer and not in the stomach and not in the lymph nodes. So whatever we had done, obviously, he also had four rounds of chemotherapy. I have to say that as well. And um, he was the person who said, you know, when they offered him chemo, say, yeah, yeah, give it to me. It's going to help me. And I sat there thinking, oh, my God, darling, seriously, this is poison. This is not good. But then I thought, well. He thinks it's going to help him. So I'm not going to, I'm going to shut up. I'm just going to try to support him. And if he thinks this is going to help him, because that is, you know, the placebo effect or the kind of the power of the mind is so incredible. And I said to him, yeah, darling, if you want to go for it, if you believe it's going to help me, yeah, yeah it's going to help me. I said, good, then you go for it. You do it. You, you go and it's, it will help you. And so it was with him, the holistic part, the holistic work was all about creating a mindset that he could really believe that he's going to get through this. He's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. And it was all about reassuring this, even though I didn't use hypnosis, I didn't use psyche at the time, which I didn't have. Um, but I used meditation and I used kind of like, I wouldn't say su suggest uh, suggestion, but just kind of really believing in him and knowing in myself, he's going to be okay. Cause we did everything we could. My friends and I sent energy and all that. And I truly believed he would be okay. And he's now, I mean, this was 2018 and all his scans have been clear as well. So he's been really clear now. So that's really cool. On my side, it was obviously different because when I was diagnosed um, in the UK, the way it works from the moment of diagnosis, you have basically, or the doctors have basically 30 days until you have to start treatment hmm. because everything has to happen really fast and they are really on the ball and things have to move quickly because yeah, it's cancer. They want to deal with it in a quick way. And I was obviously a bit of a difficult patient because I then said to my doctors that um, I really want to try my own way first. I said, well, it's great that you've diagnosed the cancer. And um, it's interesting because they, they kept finding more and more tumors. You know, and first it was two, then it was four, then it was seven. In the end, it was over 10 
tumors and stuff. So and I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. Is this happening now? Or so that was kind of like interesting just to observe how the modern medicine was uh, diagnosing more and more. And I said, um, I have to be true to myself. I cannot just go and let you cut it all out or do whatever you have to do because in my understanding, it's me and my way of being and living and thinking and feeling that has caused these tumors to be there. And they are, they have a reason, they have a message. They want to tell me something. And I believe that if I understand that message, I can also let them disappear because then they have no meaning anymore. Obviously for doctors, they cannot agree to that because you know, it's, it's and it's, I, I accept that. That's not their field of uh, expertise. But what I did, I kind of asked for more time. I said, please, can can we schedule, give, can you give me another month? Oh, and then I asked for another month. Um, can we um, postpone any kind of action so I can see if I can do something? So I tried, obviously. I used hypnosis um, with the intention to um, heal the cancer and to strengthen the immune system and all that. I used other modalities, energy healing and stuff. And uh, in my case, because obviously it's also difficult with the measurement because for the school, for the medicine, they want to see results. They want to see that the cancer is gone. I couldn't produce that, but what I could produce was that the, can that the cancers stopped growing. So the tumors didn't get any bigger. However, they also didn't really shrink. So they were, they were just halted in a way. And then I had the dilemma that the doctor said, well, you know, I can't postpone treatment anymore because then it's not um, responsible, deemed responsible treatment, and then I get in trouble. So mm -hmm. either we have to stop treatment altogether and you're out of my care, or we have to continue. And so that was a really difficult uh, decision I had to come up with then because, as I said, I regarded chemotherapy as something that is um, killing cells, kill so, you know, and where it comes from and all that. So I didn't really, uh, all my life didn't really agree with chemo. But then obviously was the situation, what do I do? And I mean, initially it was only about an operation, I have to say first. And they wanted to do a mastectomy with reconstruction. And then I thought, oh, okay, because I actually, that's, that's how it went. I said, fine, let's do the operation. And because I was lucky enough to have uh, private care through my employer, I had uh, the opportunity to have this done privately. I had to pay extra for the for the surgeon, the, the kind of uh, who did the reconstruction. But I had a phenomenal, beautiful mastectomy with re immediate reconstruction. And that was fantastic. It was an eight hour operation and I loved it. I have lots of pictures of it. And it really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really allowed me to connect with my body. So it's one of the most events of most important events of my life. Because for the first time, I realized my body is not just something that's there and I use it. And if it doesn't work, I throw in a pill and hope it gets better. My body is something that wants to function. It wants to heal because my body was healing really well, really quickly. And um, I used hypnosis to prepare for the operation. I told my body what was going to happen that, you know, the, unfortunately, the cells here from the breast um, had, you know, had to leave and I was grateful for them. And I said, thank you. And I said, you're going to leave. And then I told the cells in my stomach, I said, you're going to get a upgrade. You're going to move up. You're going to have better view now from the breast uh, region and you're going to love it. And, um, the funny thing is because I asked my, um, friends, you know, to send intention and energy for the operation. And when I woke up and I asked the surgeon, how did it go? That his first words were, um, phenomenally well. And phenomenally well is the phrase that we in hypnosis always use. I mean, this is like phenomenally well is like synonymous for me with hypnosis for the result that I want for my for my clients. And I was so surprised and I loved hearing him say it went phenomenally well because I just knew all the help and all the energy that had been coming from my friends had really kind of helped with this result. So that then, was almost like a confirmation, isn't it? Especially absolutely. when I don't think doctors often use this kind of term. It's just, they probably would say, it went really well, you are fine, but phenomenally well. <laughs> exactly. And I just, you know, I just heard him and I just, I just smiled because I just knew, you know, yeah, so cool. It worked. And also I was uh, booked to be in the hospital for a week. And um, on day two, they came to me, the two surgeons looking at me and they were like, you know, you are recovering so phenomenally well. You know, that's, it's amazing. I've never seen both of them. We've never seen anything like this. And you can go home now. 
And I was like, whoa, you know, I don't want to go home. I like it here. I want to rest and recover. So I stayed in hospital the entire time that I was allowed to stay. But I thought it was quite interesting that they were willing to send me home after two days after an operation where, you know, they cut you open like the hole from left to right and take out the, all the fat of the stomach and then they pull it all down. So you get a tummy tuck really as well. And you can't even stand up straight because, you know, it's like the, the skin is too short in your, in, your, in your belly, so to speak. And I must say, I have had the most incredible learning experiences in that hospital time, in that week that I was there. Um, if you want, I can share, I mean, the most impactful thing that I learned. Because before I was a, like I was the manager and I was, you know, strong and what have you, all this, the German attributes, good leader and all that. And uh, I learned, you know, in my upbringing, don't ever show any weaknesses, don't ever ask for help, you can do everything by yourself and all of that. If you show weakness, that's it, you know, you've lost. So on the Thursday it was, uh, and the operation had been on a Saturday, and on a Thursday I said to the nurse, I said, oh man, I'm getting visitors and, you know, I haven't washed my hair and I feel horrible. I said, if I, and I had, I have to say I had, well, I had the catheter, I had the pain buster, I had two or three um, lines still to drain the fluid from the different operation sites. So I had like, I don't know, three or four bags around me, you know, like lots of lines coming out of me, uh, tubes are coming out of me. And I said to the nurse, if I, uh, if you could hold the bags, um, do you think we could go to the shower and then, you know, I could just wash my hair, you know, if you could hold them, then I can wash my hair. And she's like, you know, we can do better. Why don't you just sit down? And she set me on this, um, on the chair, you know, the wheelchair. And she said, and then she just wheeled me and said, now you're got, just going to lean back and I'm going to wash your hair. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it was the most um, beautiful experience of my life. I, I was lying there with my head back and then the warm water came and I was crying. I had tears running down my eyes because my cheeks, because um, it was the first time in the life that I remember that I, I wasn't required to do everything myself. It was okay that I couldn't do it. And it was totally okay and normal for her to help me. And I didn't have to feel bad or, or weak because I'd asked for help. And I didn't have to feel bad that I wasn't doing anything. I was really just lying there with my head tilted back. And it was just the most impactful thing that I've learned because ever since then I've learned it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay for others to give help. That's what we do. I give help to others all the time. I love doing that. But it was always the problem of, ex of receiving it. And mm. since then, I've learned it is such a big relief. And it's such, a, it's such a huge door that you can open if you can allow help in, if you can allow yourself to ask for help. That was um, a huge thing that I've learned. Very, very important. And um, yeah, so that was the hospital experience. And then came the thing about, well, because they, they found cancer in the lymph nodes. And so then was the discussion about, okay, now we need to give you chemo because there was cancer in the lymph nodes. So it means it's on the way and we need to stop it. And I was like, ah, <laughs> don't want chemo. And eventually I settled on saying, okay, fine. You do chemo, I do hypnosis. And I won't use hypnosis to try and cure myself, but I will use hypnosis to support my body through this journey where we use chemo to just really remove the unhealthy cells from my body. And um, it worked phenomenally well, I have to say, because I had six months of chemo without any major side effects. I had no pain. I had um, nothing that would kind of debilitate me. The only thing that I didn't put into the um, hypnosis was uh, loss of hair, because I thought that would be a cool opportunity to really try and experience what it feels like when you have no hair. I mean, that was that's a kind of side project that I kind of used, because <laughs> I always, in my childhood, I was kind of, let's say frightened, when I saw people who had no hair and leather jackets and all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I also always felt uncomfortable when I would see people like women with no hair where you could tell it's from cancer. And I remembered how this always made me uncomfortable. Like, you know, oh, what, do I, what do I say? Do I look, do I not look? And how do I react and stuff? It made me always feel very insecure. And so I thought, well, you know, this is the chance to see it from the other side. What does it feel like when people look at you like and they don't know how to react? You know, what, what does that feel like? 
And so I, I did let the hair fall out. So I didn't put that into the hypnosis. When it started falling out, we actually shaved it off. And um, again, I have to say that was one of the best experiences of my life because it was brilliant. It, not only is it liberating to not mm. have any hair, uh, and it was summer, it was hot, so it was so wonderful. But uh, it was <laughs> it was brilliant to be on the tube, for example, and then you know to to notice how children were looking at me, and then when I would smile at them, and they first were not not quite sure, but then you know, okay, then they would look, and it was really, um, how can I say, it was an opportunity to help actually these other people to overcome their insecurity at looking at me with no hair and stuff, because I would go most of the time without any hat, so I was I was not wearing a wig or or a hat or anything in the sunshine. Yes, I would put on my baseball cap. But usually I would take it off and just be without hair and stuff. And I, I found it really liberating. And at some point, um, one of the ladies in the hospital said to me when I came for, for an appointment, she said, oh, Tanya, you've got a really nicely shaped head. I said, oh, thank you very much. And she's like, yeah, because, you know, normally we only see this when we're babies, right? But then never again we see that. And I said, yeah, you're right. And then thinking about that. I thought this is such a beautiful observation because this whole period of having cancer and I learned so much about myself during this period, it was almost like a period of rebirth. You know, for me, I became like, I had the opportunity to really realize what of me is what I've taken on from others because obviously also the behaviors, the beliefs that caused cancer in the end weren't my beliefs. That was all part of this cancer journey where I kind of really thought, well, what is it that made me ill? Why am I a perfectionist? Why do I always have to have three jobs? What is it that, you know, kind of made me think that this is how it has to be? Because I thought, well, other people don't feel like that. So what is it like, if you know, mm -hmm. to be like those people and whose belief are these and all of that? So it was a really interesting journey. And it was all about laying off those beliefs that weren't mine that made me ill. And so you know, when, by laying them off and then becoming bare, so to speak, and not and becoming like a baby, I really had the opportunity since then to, to create myself, to create the person or to let, not really creating, but to let the person that I really wanted to be when I came here, to let that person come out and shine. Oh. You know, that was that was the biggest opportunity for me. And then this, this when she said, you know, normally we only see the head uh, at the baby's uh, stage, I thought, yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like a baby again. But this time, I know which beliefs I'm going to take in. Well, this is amazing. Do you know what? I, I didn't break even once because every time I had some question popping up in my mind, you automatically started answering that question. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, like, this is a beautiful co uh, connection and flow we are having here. And that your story is truly inspirational and um what I also heard you saying that the importance of creating this balance in your life where you not only give because giving is such a natural part of you, but to keep it in balance, you have to learn to receive and think like, you know, someone washing your hair in hospital made you to realize that on a much deeper level, but also going through the journey of, of cancer with your partner first, and then obviously yourself, you discovered other parts of you that needed this opportunity to be seen probably mm -hmm. they would not be seen if that didn't happen to you so i love the fact that even though obviously cancer big c uh, <laughs> is considered as something very negative you can change the narrative around it and turn it into positive experience i think this is very empowering also hope giving for those who uh, listen to this podcast and been through this journey or are going through this journey because <clears throat> like you said today traditional medicine can help but what is the most important thing is the belief around it. So people, mm -hmm. some people will believe in the just in the um, traditional medicine, like you mentioned, placebo effect is a very powerful again power of the mind over the body. But going, you know, it can go really nicely hand in hand with some holistic approaches, which again um, can be only super powerful if one believes in those. Mm -hmm. and you had opportunity to. Bring to the picture and to this arena of healing all of your expertise and experience of the holistic approach. And you opened yourself up to the traditional medicine. And because you created this beautiful environment um, of supporting your body to take what it needs from the traditional medicine, 
you succeeded and now you are thriving not only healthy healthily but also with the knowledge that you've gained uh, throughout your journey and it's a really really inspiring really empowering and i love hearing that and also i've heard you mentioning something a lot about uh, our subconscious mind and beliefs and I know very well, I was waiting for this moment that I knew that you were going to lead me to ask you this question because we've met at Psych K uh, training in London. Mm-hmm. And I would like you to tell me a little bit more what Psych, maybe in your own words, explain to us uh, what Psych K is and what it means to you and how it enriched all of your knowledge and all your practice what did you get from it and what your clients are getting from it mm-hmm. so psyche <clears throat> when i explain it i always say it's a, it's a form of energy psychology and to me it is really the pinnacle of everything that i learned before because it works in the same realm as hypnosis it works with your subconscious mind it works with your superconscious mind and um it's an interesting thing because physically i believe what it does it switches your brain on in a, in a way that your emotional and your logical brain can communicate with each other and not shut down what it usually does if there's anything stressful. So it enables us to really process and transform the perceptions that we have around a certain topic. And it also <clears throat> allows us, because when, when you are in this, what's called the whole brain position, um, you, you have the state of super learning, which is eventually, well, it's like being in hypnosis, where you can really implement a new belief and the difference to hypnosis is that you can do it so much faster. It's like, it's because the thing about psyche is, and that's what I love, we have these protocols, as you know, with the pretest and post-test. So we actually use the body to give us answers on whether it holds a certain belief, yes or no. And also the other thing about psyche that I love, which again, hypnosis doesn't have, is all the permission protocol, where we really work with the superconscious and the subconscious. We work with all of the human to really get information. Is it okay to work on this certain topic? Yes, yes or no. And I've had actually, interestingly enough, I've had a no recently where somebody on the, you know how we have this first question where we check whether it's okay, safe and appropriate to balance for something. And it came up with a no. Mm. And I've never had that before. And in hypnosis, working with hypnosis, we we would never have had it because we would have never asked the question. And that was really interesting because, you know, other work had, had to be done first before we could actually implement a goal statement that was really really powerful eventually so um psyche is for me a perfect connection of working on a bodily level because we work with the body's energy we work with the brain we work with the hemispheres but we also work with all the rest of our being we also work with the superconscious with the subconscious and we integrate information or we, we process information that otherwise gets stuck so to speak, and causes us to feel stress. And that's what I, it, it's so fast. That's what I love about it as well. And it's, um, you can use it for anything, for any topic, for any problem that you want to work on. I don't know if this was kind of like a good explanation of what psyche is, but for me, it's brilliant because when you work with somebody in hypnosis, the person is in hypnosis and the guiding of the session pretty much relies on me because I have to make sure that at the beginning of the session, I do a really good intake and really find out what does the client want? What is it that they want? Because I have to use their words, their images to put later on into a hypnosis that they then need to listen to, to really program, reprogram their mind. And what works best for them is their words and their images. And also I have to really know what they want. And if in the session something else happens, well, it's still me who guides the, the client in hypnosis. In Psyche, the client is conscious the whole time. So mm-hmm. you ask the client always, what, okay, what do you want? Okay, then we do a balance. And then how, what's your experience now? What else do you need? What else, okay, what, what else do you want instead? Or is there any stress that you want? So you, the client really guides the session and tells you what they want. And I think that is so beautiful um, because it really can be targeted to exactly what the client needs in that moment, needs in that moment. And also, again, if you get it, take an intake at the hypnosis session and then two and a half hours later, is when or two hours later is when you do the recording in in psyche with every balance that the client does the whole system changes so you know i've had people come say oh i want to balance for this that and that because i think i need those beliefs and you start with the first and then you kind of check so how do you feel now and it's like hmm, yeah and then the whole thing changes because their whole being has changed already with after one balance 
So it's like you can really, in the moment, create what the client or the partner wants to create. You know what I mean? So it's far more adaptable and the partner is in charge of what's going to happen. And I love that because it really, um, at least in my experience, and also from the feedback that I've been getting from partners, it's really, it's so much more effective for that reason. But this is interesting what you're saying, because I've been having exactly the same experience with my clients. And what also stood out for me immensely uh, was the fact that people might be coming with with uh, um, a topic, if you like, um, to work on something that keeps, you know, just coming back. Is it like intrusive thought or or, or behavior or whatever it is? And um, in the process, it turns out that what they thought was the true cause of the problem was not the problem. It was just a symptom. Mm -hmm. And you're starting session with one thing and you're finishing session with something, you know, just completely different, where in a logic mind, you would never connect those two. And yet they were connected. And I love I love that because every time I have someone coming and they asking me what to expect in a session, is it expect unexpected? You have to be open. Mm -hmm. and and just to be willing to to explore other parts of you which you have not looked at or seen for a very long time if ever and the results being remarkable like you said yourself uh, i love the fact that the client is in your driving seat or mm -hmm. patient or partner whichever you uh, way you prefer to call the person who you're working with they are in charge and i love the fact that and i find it quite um, assuring as well and comforting when they know that they, throughout the whole session they will they will be in control of what is going on especially when you have someone coming to you who you don't particularly know there has to be some level of trust to work on much deeper level and what i find that them knowing from a start that nobody will put anything in your brain everything is just up to you you are the one who is in charge gives them a little bit of a comfort at least enough to start the process and the rest that takes care of itself isn't it but now I'm just uh, very curious because obviously um I met you in London we did the training together that was the first opportunity for us to get to know each other at that time you came after operation you had another operation didn't you Yes, that's true. I had a cholecystectomy. My gallbladder had just come out. Yeah, <laughs> correct. It's like, oh my gosh, and I've never seen such a happy person you know, going through the healing process. Obviously, little did I know that you've already been through the uh, journey with cancer yourself and your partner. And I remember when you also shared with me that um, obviously uh, your partner were not interested in particularly in a hypnosis and uh, things like that. But he got really hooked with Psyche. <laughs> <laughs> well again you know it was it's just so funny because i asked him you know when we first learned how to do the muscle testing and so on and i asked him please would you kind of help me to practice because i need someone to you know say oh really do i have to i don't want to i said come on you know we can just we can just um do something that's really useful for you you know it's like mm -hmm. oh what's i don't need anything i said well how about I always feel healthy, fit and healthy, for example, or I am fit and healthy, something like this. Uh, I came up as a, as a belief that we could, you know, implement. Mm. He's like, oh, okay, fine then. And um, so we did that. And um, that was the only thing he let me practice on him, you know, with, uh, with him, with the muscle testing. And um, two, day, uh, two days later, then he kind of said to me, sent me a text message. I mean, I have to say he's very much like a couch potato my partner like you know doesn't necessarily when, whenever i used to ask him you know come on let's go for a walk you know because after his operation and so on it's all about staying healthy staying fit getting your system going at least half an hour walk every day so it's oh no maybe later and stuff and now a day later something or two he was sending me he was first asking me can you bring bananas and bread when you come home I said, yeah sure i do and then half an hour later he would send me a picture where he had walked to the co-op, which is two kilometers away. He'd walked to the co-op and, and, you know, showed me a picture of the bread and bananas he bought. And I'm like, what's wrong with him? You know, why he never would walk to the co-op. That's so far away. He would never do that. And um, the same happened again and again. And then one day my neighbor actually said to me, you know, what's 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 up with David? I said, why? He's like, yeah, you weren't here. But, you know, he went, He, he I saw him walking <laughs> without you. And I'm like, yeah, I know he does this now. And when I when I mentioned this to him, he was like, oh, I never noticed that. But yeah, you're right. 
you know, and, and that's when he realized that how, how impactful Site K actually has been to him. And he was like, that's really cool. <laughs> so when I did the health and wellness um, course for Site K, I asked him whether he wanted to do a balance, you know, for optimal health and wellness. And oh, yes, he was very happy to do that, you know, because it can't do any harm to have those healthy beliefs and stuff. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Amazing. Oh, mm. wow. Well, so that's been a journey for you, isn't it? Quite a journey. Yeah. And but it's exciting. I love it. It's so amazing. And it's the funny thing is also, obviously, I have been using Psyche for myself a lot. Mm. And um, even though I've been practicing as a coach and hypnotherapist, I've never really managed to really put myself out there or really kind of proudly present myself. I've always helped people. I've had great success with every, all the clients that I've had. And also, for example, I've written a book about uh, the whole journey that I've had with the cancer and stuff uh, a year after I had cancer. And it's still waiting to be published because I was, uh, you know, not so important and what have you. And now that I've used Psyche, on myself to really, for example, balance, you know, I love sales and marketing. I have great ideas to uh, promote myself and I trust that I can do this, that, the other. It's really interesting how things have taken off. And it's because obviously, as you know, we always have the action steps that we um, agree at the end of a session. And I do them for myself as well. And really doing the action steps with the new beliefs, I can just see it in my own life, how things are really taking off all of a sudden. And I love that. And I, I love how Psyche is so powerful and how you can use it and how it brings such amazing results in, as I would say, really short time. And um, everything that happens to me is just always a source of learning. And it's brilliant. I mean, I love it. I know it sounds weird, but I love the cancer journey. It was brilliant. I was <clears throat> certainly not the normal uh, patient for the, for the doctors. They were like, you know, you're so strange, but it's nice to see you because I was always happy. I was always coming in. I was always curious. And I mean, that's one tip that I can give to anyone who has cancer. I found it super interesting to find out what's going on in my body. For, and that's why I said, I mean, I have I asked, I begged the surgeons to take pictures of me on the on the table. And I have the pictures, you know, with the breast open, with my stomach open. And you can even one video where you can see how the, the fat is still supplied by blood and all of that. And what it created in me was an extreme humbleness. And I was so amazed and I was so fascinated. I was like, oh my God, that's my own body. And I had this huge gaping hole. I mean, you have to imagine, it's like from your belly button down to your, it's like this, it's, it's a huge hole that you have. And I thought, there I am, there's a huge hole in my stomach and it's okay in my body. You know, the cells from up here, 15 centimeters away from the other cells, they are now growing together. And they're healing. And, you know, the scars are like almost invisible. And I'm mm. thinking, this is so amazing. And so really what it has done, being interested and asking the doctors what's happening, um, has, has created this immense connection for me with my body, which I've never had before. Before, I've always just taken my body as given and it's the vehicle. I've always concentrated on the soul and spirit, you know, all the kind of uh, spiritual interest I had. I thought, you know, once I know it all, I will have, uh, I will know it all. And that, that's it. You know, I'll have illumination, what have you. And now I know it's not about knowing things. It's not about reading all the books and having read all the books and then I'll know it all. Not at all. It's about taking it through your body. You have to really know, feel, and feel not just with your emotions, but also feel and feel it with your body in a sense. You know, it's like, appreciate your body and really understand how all these cells depending on who you listen to 30 to 50 to 70 trillion cells that make up your body they all want you to have a good life they all want you to be healthy and in this journey i've learned that connecting with all these cells is what they've been waiting for they finally have found someone who is there to take care of them until then they kind of did their job and they knew exactly what they need to do in a perfect cooperation of living together and balancing each other and stuff. They know how to balance. But if I'm the one who's constantly in stress and never allows my body to go into homeostasis, then my cells cannot but break down at some point. It's, it's inevitable. And now that I've understood that I'm the one who's responsible 
to give myself breaks, to understand it's important to go into homeostasis so that my cells, my immune system can do all the repair work and all of that needs to be done. And the more I can do this, the more I support my body. You know, these are all things that I learned during the journey, which I, uh, written, I've written down in the book. It's like you have to understand, or I have to understand, that it's my responsibility. It's me, the thinking, whatever whatever the thing is that we call me that thinks, you know, the, the spirit, whatever you want to call it. It's that spirit's responsibility to look after all of us, you know, to take responsibility. Another part is nutrition. There's a whole chapter about nutrition in my book. Because if I just throw in junk food, it's like trying to build a house with rubble. But if you build a house with really good, uh, you know, stones, bricks, and you have a solid foundation, that's, that house will stand and it will weather any storm. And it's the same with the body. If you see the body, the body is a phenomenal system. It can extract energy and nutrition from anything that you give it. And it's, I mean, if you just think about how those processes work, nobody could come up or, or kind of, uh, how do you say, um, find them, invent them. But we have the, these amazing systems in our stomach, in our in our intestines. And um, all we need to do is make sure that we give it good quality bricks. If I throw in a hamburger and some fries, that's a different quality than if I throw in some broccoli with some onions and maybe some berries and some good nuts and seeds. Mm. It's a completely different quality that I'm throwing in. And if I understand, it's my choice. And that's, the, that's where the power comes in. It, it's so empowering. If you understand, well, if I eat a nut or if I eat a gummy bear, bear any, any thinking being will know, well, the nut is healthier than a gummy bear, right? So it's very simple to make that decision and eat the nut instead or the apple or the banana. Like if you feel like something sweet, go and have some fruit. You know, there are so many ways on how you can... Um, be content and soothe the, the desire for something sweet, for example, but it doesn't have to be the ice cream. It doesn't have to be the chocolate or the, the gummy bears or the crisps or what have you. It can be something healthy. It's just your choice. It's whether you want to take that responsibility and actually help your body to be, stay or become healthy. You know, I think this is amazing what you're saying. Everything what you say resonates and I'm definitely speaking the same language. Um, knowing that you are the one who is responsible um, for how you feel, how you think, how you function, I think is a very, very important step to take. Not everybody is willing to take that step. Sometimes it feels almost easier to, to be in a victim position and blame someone else. But when we stay in that position, we also disempower ourselves. So the moment we start taking responsibility for our own actions, this is the moment where the true empowerment starts and that uh, helps you the way you think about yourself improves your bodily condition whatever you address in this way of thinking and that's the start of the journey that is healing for the body for the mind for the soul and, and everything else i love the fact that you've mentioned all of that and i mean to me that is in the end that's my mission these days to empower other people to do exactly these things, to empower them also to understand that the stresses that we're under are not really all stresses that you have to be under. It's it's all down to our beliefs, what we kind of think that we have to do and fulfill and comply and what have you. But once you realize that those beliefs aren't actually your own beliefs, that you have just taken them on from people who've taken them on from people who've taken them on from people who've taken them on from generations of people, yeah. and that it is your opportunity. If you want to break that circle, uh, me personally, I also believe that once we heal a belief in ourselves, I believe also that energetically we heal generations of uh, people, of ancestors who've held that belief because they've all suffered. It's all, it's all the suffering and any belief that we create, any behavior we create, is all serves to keep us safe, to keep us away from pain, to ensure our survival. That's always the purpose of any belief, of any behavior that we create. It's all a protection mechanism. And that just shows generations of, of people have suffered. And once we, have, we, we realize that we are in a position where, okay, hold on, I can change this. And energetically, that changes for all the ones before. Obviously, I can't prove that, but I just know it because from my own kind of intuitive knowing and from 
the perception and from what I've seen and what I've heard from partners when I do psyche balances with them. And I've just today facilitated an enormously powerful session where exactly this happened, where somebody realized, hold on, this pain, it's not even mine, you know, and, and went on to the generations and deal with that pain. And you should have, I, it was so beautiful to then experience the freedom, the liberation, because the client was nice. She shared what was happening for her in the TPS. And it was the most beautiful experience for me to really see and hear what was happening. And it's just, I don't know if you have that as well, but we connect with our partners, even if it's a Zoom session. I, I had the same with hypnosis clients. They could be in Australia and I would connect with them. And you feel, you know what's happening. And to me, that is that is the most beautiful part of, of this work, where when you can really sense the healing that's happening, you know. Are you kind of see the, the thing is to see, like you said, you are very intuitive. Uh, I consider myself as a very intuitive as well. I'm doing this work also for a reason. Um, and, and I love using those uh, faculties, if you like, which I've trained for so long to sharpen them so they can serve me in providing this kind of service. You can feel what, what your partner, your client is going through because your senses are heightened. But you can also see that change on their face. It's almost like body language is changing. The head position is changing. Shoulders in their position is changing. Everything is changing. And this picture is like, for me personally, and I do believe from what I hear, you feel the same, is it's like someone gives you a gift, you just received some gift, and you are just enjoying it and embracing it to the maximum. And even though it's someone else who is going through this beautiful transformation, this spring process, and getting this gift, you're, you by just watching, it feels like you get the gift as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's, it's this thing. It's, it's this, you're witnessing it. And in witnessing, you receive it as well. That, that's what I often feel. It's not like, it's like you, it's like a divine gift that you get. You're getting a part of their divin divine spark, a part of their divinity kind of shines on. And I mean, for me, it's just, I just know something miraculous is happening and I'm allowed to witness it. You know what I mean? And then, and it tells me, and that is what I love about Psyche. Every time I witness, and I mean, you will know the same. You witness the TPS and the, 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 the feedback is always more or less the same. Something is like lighter or further away and stuff. And it's just, the feedback almost repeats itself. And I always think this is so amazing because it shows me something is really happening. Even if I wasn't feeling it, even if I wasn't witnessing it and kind of sensing it, just the, the what they say tells me because it's always the same feedback. Something is really happening. And that's what I love about Psyche. It is so powerful and so impactful. And um, from what I feel, all it needs is, as you said, this openness of a partner to just try and um, go with it and see what happens. I mean, sometimes I think it depends a little bit how, how do you say, also open people are to their emotions. If people are very detached from their emotional side, it can take a bit longer for things to happen. So it's always valid to sit with it and, you know, just let's just see what happens, you know, and just really allow yourself because, yes, um, the other thing that I do know is this work is deep. It really mm -hmm. goes down to the core, to the source. And it's beautiful when you, like when you, like now today, when I saw my partner or the client, uh, she witnessed her own soul, spirit. All of that was there, was present. And to have that, you know, you know, when you hear this voice talking to you and you know it's true and all of that. And that is just, um, I think there's not a better gift that we as facilitators could give to, to the partners, but also there's no better gift than to witness that and to hear that as a feedback when it happens. To me, this is like really, it's amazing work. It's it's magical to me. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, really win-win situation, isn't it? Totally win-win, absolutely. Truly, truly amazing. I totally feel it and totally agree with you. you know, that That's exactly what I feel myself. Wow. Oh, gosh. Tanya, what a journey. Oh, my, I feel like I could talk to you like for hours and hours. And I feel like we've just only barely scraped the surface. So I'm 100% sure that I'm going to 
I'm gonna invite you again to this podcast <laughs> so yeah. we can talk more because it's, it's a joy for me to have this conversation with you and listen to your inspiring stories and as well in uh, in your beliefs I, I love the way you're looking at things and um, how you're approaching life and everything what happens for you not mm -hmm. to you this mm -hmm. is amazing so I've got I've got one question one more question for you uh, for our audience tell me what are the top three important things you've learned about healing and transformation in your journey and by sharing them could also impact and help those who are listening to us that's a very good question the top three things that I've learned about healing and therapy on my journey mm -hmm. so True healing can only come from the inside, from within yourself. Um, it takes courage sometimes to approach and allow the things that caused illness to come up. Mm. And it's absolutely worth to embark on that journey because you'll come out of it so much more empowered and you'll have power that you never knew even existed. Mm -hmm. So embarking on a healing journey in this way will always empower you. I don't know if the, were these, those three things or it's like, it's difficult to actually formulate now just as an answer as you're, as you're asking me, but um yeah, I, I find anything that life offers us is an opportunity. Mm. And really, I understand that many people are then afraid and kind of it's this whole thing about, oh, my God, I've got this and I don't know what to do. And that, that's the thing there. We are so caught, caught up in our beliefs and in our conditioning. And what I would love to tell your audience or to share with your audience is that it's absolutely worth just daring to start looking into those painful areas because that's where the healing lies yeah 100% this is beautiful so, summary I know there is so much more than just three but if I said to you what would be your top <laughs> it probably would be hundreds <laughs> so I give you a three I do believe you know everything depends on the situation um and the type of the uh, tools you need uh, or advice you need uh, for that exact situation. And I do believe those three you shared with us today are the exact ones we needed to hear today. So there is you know, perfect timing and for everything. And that was probably the perfect time for those three as well. Now, please tell me, because you've mentioned your book a few times, you know, during our interview today. What's the title and when it's coming out? <laughs> <laughs> the working title. I'm not sure if I'm keeping it because um, initially it had a very long title and I changed it to be a Thrive to Survive mm -hmm. because it's all about creating a thriving environment in yourself that you can just really, not just more than survive in a sense. And my aim is, because it's been lying there so long, I just need to edit it. And my aim is to bring it out early next year so that I have it done by the end of this year and I want to publish it uh, early next year, for sure. Fantastic. So we're going to be definitely waiting patiently for this book to be released. And when your book is finally released, we will definitely invite you for, for the launch uh, presentation of the podcast. But in the meantime, where um, our audience could find you, um, social media, email, where, where could we reach out and just see more of you? Yeah, so the most you will find on my website, which is very simply www.tanyasperling.com, Tanya with a Y, and it's all one word. If you are a fan on Instagram, then there you can find me on, under tanyasperling.com, also with D-O-T-C-O-M. And also on Facebook, I'm there as Tanya Sperling, and then it's just, I think it's a life coach, hypnotherapist, and preferred psyche facilitator. You can find me there as well. And even on LinkedIn, there's just my normal Tanya Schwerling profile as well. So there's many ways to reach out. And uh, also, if you want to reach out by email, Tanya at TanyaSperling.com. Very simple. Fantastic. So to make it even easier, what I'm going to do, guys, I'm going to type uh, all of the links into the comments uh, below our um, 
a recording today's recording so you don't have to think what was it she said you'll <laughs> <laughs> be right there you'll be able to reach out and find out more about uh, Tanya and her wonderful work Tanya uh I uh, really I'm so grateful you know for coming uh, for you coming today to to take part in this recording and just share your very empowering story and allowing me as well as the audience learn and get to know you a little bit more I'm the one who's grateful, Ansh. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And, you know, I just, I love sharing anyway. I love kind of telling people. And um, I, even though it wasn't that important to me, but I've heard that it can be very inspiring and empowering for others, um, that there is a good way to deal with things and stuff. So I'm more than happy to be there and share. And obviously also more than happy to help anyone who would like to have some help along the way. And that's fantastic. Tanya, it was immense pleasure. Guys, I'm looking forward to welcome you to our next episode. I'm not going to tell you who's going to be our guest, but I'm sure you're going to enjoy it too. So for now, thank you very much for watching and see you next time. Bye. Thank you.